0: Hello, today we are talking to Ben Loy. I don't think I've ever just said your first name, like it's always Ben Loy. So that's just going to be what it is because it's such a perfect pairing. Um, but thank you so much for, for being here today. I i know we're connected like through youth group and like I've at some points went to a youth group that you went to in high school and stuff. But one of my favorite memories of you when I like think of you now is we were on like a summer trip at some point, and you and Kevin were talking about like this bread at this really like I don't know some really good Italian place in in the town that you lived in, <laughs> and I was a like, <laughs> probably I think so. <laughs> so then, um, and I was like, what is this bread? And you were like, Oh, you haven't had. This amazing bread, and I was like, "No, I have it. And the, and so you guys came up to the UP like a week later for a work trip, and you guys bought bread from that place, and you transported it up to give to me so I could experience it. And I was like, so thankful. I thought it was like one of the nicest thing anyone <laughs> has ever done for me. And then. Like, later in the week, you guys found out that I am, like, gluten-free and, like, gluten intolerant, (laughs) and you guys felt so bad, and you're like, I've poisoned you! I tried to do this nice thing, and I've poisoned you! So I was, I felt bad that I didn't tell you guys, and it was this whole thing, but I, like, it still sticks in my head as, like, one of the nicest things people did for me in high school, so thank you very much. (laughs)
1: That's awesome. I'm glad we could give you bread that you couldn't eat.
0: Oh, oh, man. That, I mean, that says a lot about, like, who you guys were. You were so kind <laughs> and generous. And I also, it says a lot about me in high school being, like, I don't want to be a bother to anyone. I don't want to say that I can't eat this bread. <laughs>
1: but, the social anxiety. I can understand that so well.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, oh, man, years later, I'm still alive. It's all good. And I'm oh, sure the bread so back good. back home is great, too. So, <laughs> But all that to say, thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to hear more about your story because I haven't really kept up with you since high school, um, but I always thought very highly of you. So I think it's going to be fun to chat with you and um, hear all of your opinions. I think it's going to be great. Um, and please just tell us like who you are, what you're up to now, and then we'll jump into it.
1: Um, yeah, I am currently living in Oregon. Um, yeah, I grew up in uh, Central Illinois in a college town. Um, which is where we met through kind of church um, related things. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Oregon now. I'm in the Coast Guard. I'm a rescue swimmer um, for the next month and then I'll be moving to Arizona. But um, yeah, I'm a Christian and I enjoy photography. Those are, those are my staples right now.
0: <laughs> yes. But um, If you guys don't follow him on Instagram, follow him because he has a lot of beautiful pictures on there and it's making I think probably everyone wants to move to Oregon, so we'll see if you can convince us all to move to Arizona once you move there. There you go. <laughs> um, so take us back to um, what your history is, um, what your family was like growing up, how faith worked into that. Um, give us give us your roots.
1: Yeah, so I don't think you actually know this, um, but... For the first like ten or eleven years of my life, I actually grew up in a cult. Um, oh, well,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a twist. Um,
1: Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have actually only recently come comfortable with referring to it as a cult and acknowledging mm-hmm. it as that. Um, I growing up used to just call it kind of a church or like a church that you know was a little offset on its views. Um, but it's funny, my sister and I both kind of last year. Reached the same conclusion around the same time um, oh, of being like, no, like, no, I grew up in an Anabaptist cult. <laughs> and I'm okay with saying that. Wow. Um, I think that might offend people, um, depending on, on what your background is and what your beliefs are. But um, I have You're easily
0: offended I have a lot. maybe don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Just a little. I can
1: definitely. <laughs> I can definitely wholeheartedly defend that accusation.
0: <laughs> All right. If we need to do a second episode to do that, we'll do it.
1: But yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Anabaptist movement. Um, kind of like Mennonites, uh, Apostolic Christian, um, Amish on like the very, very, very yeah. extreme part of the spectrum. Um, yeah, I was extremely I was, I was,
0: conservative.
1: Yes. Yeah. Extremely conservative. Um. Yeah. Very fundamentalist um kind of in the way that they they approach things Um, uh, yeah so so did your parents grow up in this
0: cult as well or how did the how did you guys fall into it
1: no um my parents became Christians in college um and then I don't I don't really know I've I've kind of like broken some of the stuff down with my parents now um now that we're you know has gone on and we've been able to kind of analyze things and talk about it but um as far as i can remember that's the church that we went to um i knew that we went to uh and i hate to apply this word but i'm going to um normal like a more normal church um (laughs) typical church uh previously to that and then kind of like had visited a few other interesting churches before settling on the apostolic christian Um, church in Bloomington but um yeah that's kind of kind of where my background came from and then from there we went to White Oak which is um how I started to kind of get involved in the youth group there um and then how I met you uh through the summer uh trips and stuff to the UP so um yeah uh that's kind of my my background and upbringing. um
0: what was it like transitioning from your cult to East White Oak? Uh,
1: it was a shock. Um, Do
0: you remember what yeah, brought it about?
1: Like us separating or yeah, just, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think, so my parents had originally um, decided to go to this church because the youth group was just filled with like very good, like high school kids. Um, and my sisters were in that kind of age range at the time, my older sisters um so that was really the reasoning behind it was yeah it's and I mean it's it's kind of the appeal of like people have to um the Mormon church honestly like yeah there's this very like wholesome and like all of them have good grades or for the most part and um don't get in trouble too much and um so I think that's kind of that was kind of the the hope my parents had um originally and then it's I mean in every sense of the word like was kind of sucked them in and um we were there for a really long time (laughs) and uh yeah I think leaving it was was interesting um it was really painful for I know my parents a lot of it I didn't really understand what was going on at the time being being 10 years old but um things I do remember is like when we left like I never saw any of my friends again um Mm -hmm. from the church like some of them have friended me on Facebook since then and we've talked a little bit. Um, but as like a whole, our family was, they practiced ex- excommunication. Um, wow. so like we were pretty much, I don't know. I didn't see my, my friends. I didn't see anyone, um, at yeah. the time. And I mean, they, obviously like we didn't live in that big of a town. So I'm sure people were cordial and stuff with my parents, but we weren't hanging out. We weren't, there was all of the social, the social aspect was completely gone. Um, So, yeah, from there, we went to East White Oak, and that was definitely a bit of a shock. Um, I remember the first time I was allowed to wear jeans to a Sunday service. Yeah, yeah. That was, like, something I was so excited for was, like, I get to wear jeans. And my parents were still very, like, conservative. You know, they were very, like, hesitant to allow us to do certain things um, when we first started going to EWO. Like, uh, I mean, I was a kid at the time, so my jeans were scuffed, and, you know, I was I was doing things outside and my, you know, knees were faded and I wasn't allowed to wear anything that was, like, faded or anything. Um, I had to wear college shirts. And so there's definitely – I mean, originally it was even, like, I had a (laughs) – I had a pair of black jeans that I wore first to kind of break the ice on it and then like kind of ease my <laughs> way into it. it. Am I going it, it to hell yet?
0: Okay, still, looking. Still yeah. Looking, okay, we'll looking, go a little bit lighter wash.
1: <laughs> and my parents have changed so much. So looking back, it's pretty comical and pretty funny to be like, wow, we were. I was so terrified of like being reprimanded for doing that. And I remember like my sister wearing like jeans for the first time that were I think a little more form-fitting because the church the Anabaptist church you wear skirts and so it's like so I remember that conversation and or more really argument with my high school sister um, (laughs) at the time with my mom and so it was it was was a very growing experience for the entire family Um, just learning how to be uh, how to function yeah and a very different environment than what I typically experienced. yeah
0: (laughs) that's wild so that was kind of like the culture of it what was the faith core of maybe the two churches and what was that transition like for you as you were being taught different things
1: um so the I mean the Anabaptist movement um is very like and this, this is the best way I can I can really explain it, is, like, they interpret the Bible very literally. Um, and, like, culture and, like, the doctrines that I definitely don't agree with aside, um, I think that seeps into a lot of um, kind of the way that they see things and what they teach. I remember being, like, told the gospel at times, like, in the church and being taught things and Bible stories and stuff as a kid. But it was more in a, like you do this because it's your duty and you do it because you don't want to go to hell kind of Mm -hmm. like a posture and not really um, the same way as like, you know, you go to a Bible church um, and it's, it's taught a little more, like there's more emphasis on like Jesus walk and his death and resurrection and how that atones for our sins. And um, I just don't really remember and I mean, I was young at the time, but I don't remember really ever hearing that conversation um, at the Anabaptist church. Um, I know that that's what they teach, but it, the culture doesn't, it doesn't really come out that way um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, that, that was a big thing for me. And then East White Oak was interesting because I, I was never like, when I first showed up, I was, I went there because I was in junior high and I went there because my parents went there. And then like kind of as high school drew on my parents stopped going there as frequently or really at all and we were bouncing around churches a little more um and then that was like a big social outlet for me um being homeschooled and so every time I'd get in trouble I'd get grounded from that so it was like this really interesting, oh, wow. interesting. dynamic growing up going back and forth um and so yeah I mean I honestly like by the time I had reached high school um I reached a point of just being like if God exists, I don't think he genuinely really cares that much. Um, And I I was, I kind of reached a point of like, I was very apathetic about a lot of it. Um, And yeah, I would have, I'd say I was agnostic at the time um, for most of my high school experience until I got into some trouble. (laughs) And then I was, uh i'd say like i tried to go to church more to you know make myself feel better about it
0: i knew you like socially but <laughs> i didn't know you very well so were you open about being agnostic at the time or what was that like for your relationship to other people
1: um not particularly i don't think i had personally come to terms with acknowledging the fact that that, that was my belief system mm. partially because um Everyone in my family was like, you know, air quotes, Christian and, um, just the, the culture and the social circles I was in, it was just a very, like, like that you would deny your, 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 like, again, air quotes, like faith, uh, was, would have been a huge thing. Um, and I don't think I was like ready for that kind of social, um, endeavor with people, um, since so many of my friends went to E.O. or were Christian um, or had at least that influence, but yeah, yeah, that's I, looking back, that's that's solidly where I landed. Um, yeah,
0: that makes sense. And what was it like being homeschooled for you? How did that work?
1: Um, so I went to a private school, a private Christian school, until I was in like second grade, and then from there I was homeschooled all the way up until my sophomore year of high school so then i did sophomore junior senior year in public school um and yeah that again in itself was an adjustment i feel like my entire adolescence was just this one big awkward like adjustment learning to be like an operating member of society without putting his foot in his mouth um it's but, so real. and a lot of that, and a lot of that, is, it's funny because I'll talk to people about that and they're like, no, like you weren't, like you weren't that bad of them. Like so much of that was just internal anxiety and internal like frustration and stress and anxiety and depression and like all these things that happen when you're in high school trying to work through those things. Um,
0: Plus like the added so, yeah, pressure that, of like all the expectations of a community like that too. You're like, here's what's going on inside yeah. of me, but I also have to be like this type of person. So
1: Yeah yeah so it's just you Mm -hmm. learned and this wasn't a healthy thing to learn but you learn to project project what is not the reality you know on the inside a lot um which made me a very adaptable person but also (laughs) something I had to force myself to like grow out of as an adult (laughs) um to be more authentic you know um yeah that's how I would describe it just one big like, long, drawn-out adjustment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess that's fair. Like, that is kind of how life should be, but it's pretty rough at the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, were you homeschooled because of religious reasons?
1: Um, I think, yeah, primarily. Um, that was a really big thing in the, uh, the AC church. Um, and then still, I mean, there were enough people at Iwo that did it um and then I'll be in junior high I was a part of like a a group where we would like meet once a week um and kind of go in like have like a school day once a week and then go home and do your homework and stuff and your assignments for the next week and then meet the following Thursday um and that that was really cool um and that was a really interesting experience looking back um again like the curriculum was just so saturated in like just the very like fundamentalist um I mean we had a class uh called like rhetoric where it was basically like you were being taught to disprove anything other than like right-wing beliefs Mm -hmm. um and so I mean it's just it's just interesting you know yeah like I mean I learned a lot and I, I was definitely I definitely still got life skills from it but it's looking back, I'm like, wow, was some interesting curriculum that I was being put through um, <laughs> <laughs> compared to my public school experience and, and yeah. my peers and that, in that instance.
0: A while ago, I was talking to a good friend who grew up without any type of like religious environment whatsoever. And she was just like, can you explain to me why Christians don't believe in science? And I was like, oh, she doesn't know about the whole like evolution debate that was like a war at the time. Um, yep. So then I like explained to her, like everything about like the creation museum and how all of that worked and like
1: all of the, Ham. Like,
0: Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and she was like, whoa, I had no idea. I'm like, yeah, the, it like goes deep. So it makes sense why a lot of Christians don't trust science or a lot of education because like when we were growing up, we were told, like, from birth that, like, well, what you'll learn in a regular school setting is not correct.
1: Well, and I, I think it honestly stems from this weird attachment that, like, Christians and, like, the church has to our government and, like, the fear of, like, losing this sense of security that they, that they have um, in that. And that was a big part of my kind of, like, deconstruction in college was, like, realizing, like, okay, like, what what is like the white anglo-saxon protestant kind of like beliefs that has been instilled in me because that's like the culture in america and the culture i grew up in in the midwest and what's like the truth like what is like let's like let's open up the bible and read it and analyze it in a way that's like makes sense um Mm -hmm. instead of in a way of like fearing anything that has the possibility of being secular like no like it's okay. Like there are things in the Bible that like, it's okay to admit, Hey, I don't know how this, this necessarily goes about like yeah. <laughs> creation being one of those things, you know? Like,
0: yeah, exactly. It is kind of hard though. Cause um, a lot of people's faith is like, it's built like a Jenga and I like a Jenga tower. And you know, if you just take one out, then it's like, okay, well then it's all out. And so I appreciate that you took the time to really like dig deep into that and look at what what actually made sense.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that really started. Um, I became a Christian, like my freshman year of college. At that point, I was, it was a lot of anger um, with, I, I had been planning to go to a school um, for actually animation. And um, I got into this really competitive program and uh, things had kind of fallen through and I ended up going to community college in my hometown, which was kind of the last place you were going to end up. Um, and I was still living with my parents as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's yeah, a so I was a little, I was a little pissed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at some point, the first semester there, um, someone started to, someone from a campus ministry started to reach out to me um, and kind of like just pursue me relationally as like a, a human being and not with like any kind of agenda. Um, and yeah, it was like take took the time to explain, um, yeah, just the gospel to me and. That was the first time in my life I was like, "Oh, like this is more than just a, a a set of rules and like all of and traditions and whatever that we decided to to follow." Like, there's there's some substance here. Um, but after that, like within the next year or two, um, my oldest sister, like for the first time in with all my siblings, and I have six siblings, so this there's, there's a lot of us. Um, my oldest sister basically was like, Hey, like we were raised in this. I don't believe it anymore. Um, and left. And, uh, I think that was really jarring on my whole family, but I mean, my parents specifically, and I kind of created this conversation between everyone, but like, I mean, I went out of my way to talk to my parents about it. Um, about, yeah, like what were we raised in? Like what, what was, how is that damaging to like our, our beliefs, um, whether that's our beliefs on Christianity or other religions or um, perspectives and um, how we handle specifically how we can handle those and internally um, when we're approached with them. Um, But with that, like that same year I was taking a class um, called literature of the Bible at my community college, which was like studying the Bible, but examining it as just a piece of like text, um and not necessarily as like uh you know the infallible word of god like it was examining it as like narrative you know poetry prophecy like you know looking at it through those lenses and just kind of um in the same way that I did in like my AP English class in high school. So I really appreciated it because I was like I can relate to this. You know, I'm looking at this with a with a less like um I don't want to say less biased, but kind of a a more, um, middle ground perspective, like with a critical eye. Um, and then in addition to that, I took a class called history of history of religion in American society, um, which is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, it was. And I think, I think through that I started to realize like, yeah, our country was was formed on these like theistic values. Right. Um, and a lot of the irony is a lot of the people that came over originally to America were fleeing the Church of England because they didn't want to call the king, who was whoever the guy was in charge of, forget, Henry maybe, uh, they didn't want to call him the Pope. And like all of, you know, all of those things that went on, I'm like a lot of this was a lot of like the settlement here was stemmed from persecution of like people who claimed to be Christians. Mm. on people who claim to be christians and wow. all of these like trivial things and i was like this seems wrong and then the more you delve into it the more you realize like it's just damaging to create a government that is established on uh a religion that not everyone is inevitably going to want to prescribe to or believe um and i think with that like yeah with that i just started to just kind of like realize like hey this kind of like republican right-wing evangelical american like gung-ho whatever thing that like i've been consuming and um was taught and like grown up in is like just as far from the truth as like you know the opposite side of the spectrum um and just kind of realizing like hey yeah this isn't healthy like you can't the Bible literally says God's word is foolish to those who don't believe. So like, why would you force, why would you try to force non-Christians to understand like something that they don't believe? Like, you know, I'm mean, like, yeah, it blew my mind. And I was just like, yeah, this is, this is wrong. Like the way that this country has been in bed with the idea of Christianity and like its quote unquote values and biblical principles is wrong. Um, and has done a lot of damage, um, so yeah, I think that that kind of started to just start the wheel of like, okay, like I'm willing to kind of examine my past, like examine what I believe now and, and come up with a conclusion that like makes sense and is focused on loving people and not controlling and like fearing the degrade of morality in America. Wow, yeah, there's sorry, I want so much but... <laughs> there
0: and I'm excited to get into every single piece of it. You kind of started to talk about this a little bit, but I'm just curious why you think Um, you could grow up in such a like very, very Christian environment and the gospel not click for you until you were outside of that a little bit more. Why, um, why do you think that was? And I'd love to just know some of your, some of your further thoughts on that.
1: I think for me, the, the thing that was most compelling to me, um, when I became a Christian was, uh, the concept of like adoption, right. Like in Ephesians. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's fun. Yeah. It's, it blows my mind that I have like grown up quote unquote in a Christian environment and like had never really heard that laid out. And like, what does adoption mean? Like what does atonement for your, like your sin mean? And like, uh, yeah, because I mean, as a kid, I just remember basically being like, well, yes, you're a Christian if you like, you know, pray the prayer and like submit yourself or whatever. But then at the end of the day, like if you if you commit these sins and you don't ask Jesus for forgiveness before you die, like you're still going to go to hell. Like that was the understanding I had. And I'm not saying that like necessarily that's what they wholeheartedly were teaching. But that was the, that was the message that was being communicated to me. And like, I mean, we, I was there we were there a lot (laughs) like so (laughs) I don't know if I was just not listening or what but um uh yeah some some something was missing there and a lot of it had to do with just this I think this idea of not engaging people on an emotional and like personal level and just kind of talking about these ideas of Christianity and then also often instead of like pointing inwardly um in, in sermons and in, in conversations instead of like pointing inwardly and being like okay like how how does this how is this relevant to me and, and me personally and like my life and like how does this change me a lot of it was always kind of generated outwards that like um you know we were living in a society that is like walking away from God and like you know that that's kind of the direction the sermons and the things that I would hear would go um which doesn't give you any kind of skill or like doesn't lead you into a posture of of yeah like introspection um so much as like being like oh well you know I'm not killing anyone and like you know I I'm doing what I'm I'm supposed to be doing you know I'm not I'm not smoking weed whatever (laughs) (laughs) the (laughs) ultimate sin I know I'm not I'm doing the right thing like I you know so I'm good like let's go check out how everyone else you know that's and that's kind of how it seems like the the posture in a lot of a lot of churches are it's like they lose sight of like what the gospel is meant to be and they pursue the legalistic and kind of like fundamental side of it and then they talk about how like they're not doing that but then they they proceed to then like
0: do it
1: and yeah do it (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh man so then I also would love to know how these conversations with your parents went um what was that environment like for you especially since you were still living at home
1: um yeah it was uh it was hard um I didn't grow up in a family that was very good at like talking about emotions which is Talking funny with
0: all of the rest of this history.
1: <laughs> I know, right? be an
0: emotional family. Um,
1: you can imagine like, yeah, conversations about sex and like really anything just did not happen, um, which was just, you know, it just creates a very hard environment to communicate well in. Um, and it's funny. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a loud and emotional person. And I've like, I've really caught on to that as an adult and I've embraced that in a lot of ways. Um, that I wasn't allowed to as a kid, because my mom, we're like, just similar enough to be stubborn, and like, like minded, but then also so different in the fact that like, I am very loud, and emotional in a way of like, yeah, I I just communicate how I feel all the time, um, or most of the time, and my mom does not do that. And she was not raised to do that. And so um, that, I think, made it really difficult growing up. But at, at the time that things started to kind of happen and open up in conversation um between my sister and yeah living at home as an adult um the ice was kind of broken and so it it made it easier to have those conversations with my mom and um especially after yeah like why why did we go to to that church like why why were we there um and like what yeah what was the reasoning behind that and um, we don't even necessarily, I mean, as you probably shouldn't um, see 100% eye to eye on everything um, now, but I think we respect each other's opinions. Um, and it was really helpful at the end of the day, as much as I did not want to be there, to be there in person um, and like living with my parents when, when all that kind of went down because uh, my parents like didn't really have an excuse. Like they had to, they had to open up the conversation at that point um so yeah it's been interesting though I've for a family that like never talked about anything it broke the ice like for everyone um so it ended up being a really good thing
0: I'm sure though really hard for your sister having to start that
1: absolutely and and it has been painful for her um uh but yeah definitely definitely you don't want to be the first one to (laughs) to throw that stone um
0: (laughs) No, not in a but, family that big either too.
1: No. Yeah. And I mean, commun- again, like with this, this, just the sheer size of our family, like I think communication is already going to be a difficult thing. Um, but oh. especially on that front, because just because of the environment we were in.
0: This is just something I'm curious about, but did like gender roles play a big part in your family? Was it like <laughs> a big thing that your like sister was making these decisions or was that a pretty normal thing?
1: Like growing up, I mean, my mom was a stay. My mom's been a stay-at-home mom for my entire childhood. Um, I know she worked when my sisters were younger, um, but for the most part, she she stayed at home. And then my dad worked full time. So, um, I mean, my mom definitely like spent the most significant amount of time um, raising and then homeschooling us. Uh, and then my dad was working two jobs, even some nights, to kind of make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, that, that was the, the dynamic for sure, um, probably your more typical, um, gender role as you would see it.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Well, now I would love to talk more about this, um class that you took about the religion in America so what was patriotism to you when you were growing up and then how exactly did it shift after you took this class and kind of had this awakening um you already kind of went into this but I'd love to just hear more about your thoughts
1: yeah um I mean yeah like again especially with the that homeschool group I belong to I think that's when it really started to surface uh of just like if you if you're a Christian, you're a Republican. And if you're a Republican, you're a Patriot and the circle goes on and on and on and on. Um, And that, yeah, that was just something that was there. Like it wasn't like my parents were necessarily die hard, like red blooded Patriots um, in that aspect. I mean, I know, I know people who were far more in that direction than, than I was growing up. Um, But that is, the general conversation that was happening just based on the views that were held um but yeah when i started when i took this class it that just kind of started to break down and just realizing like hey like not everything america does is good or okay um what yeah or even Get even in some podcast. senses i know <laughs> even in some even in some senses like very very evil and yeah. um And at the end of the day, this is kind of the conclusion I reached was, like, at the end of the day, like, America is an empire in the same way Rome was an empire and Britain was an empire. And, like, unfortunately, someday that empire is probably going to kind of end. And um, at the end of the day, like, America is not intended to be a new Israel. Like, that is not to come until, you know, Christ comes again. And to like try to create this utopia of like christian values and government is is damaging um and just like yeah i mean reading about just the salem witch trials and like the you know the hysteria and the fear driven from that and then yeah just the different persecutions of like every every denomination that you see today in america of christianity and and what they split over and like how how they treated each other um, in a lot of ways because of those differences and very like medial and like trivial ideas um, was really sobering for me um, and like frustrating. But I think I reached my like tangible breaking point with it all was the summer of 2015. Um, I was moving from Illinois to Arizona and i was was like in my last month or two in illinois and the supreme court decision to legalize gay marriage and uh the uh caitlin jenner um vanity fair magazine thing happened and just like that all just became a really big conversation in america Mm -hmm. and watching just the different the huge array of reactions from the people that i grew up with um and the people that i knew um And just seeing so much, like, just lack of understanding, I think, um, was really, really frustrating. I mean, like, I remember Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, posting um, something about, like, because there was a Wells Fargo commercial um, that, like, had a gay couple in it. And um, this was right after the Supreme Court decision. And so they were just, you know, like... Showing their appreciation and celebration of that yeah. and I remember Franklin Graham like calling evangelical Christians to no longer bank at Wells Fargo because <sighs> they had a gay couple in their commercial and I'm just like I think we've lost sight of what this is about like I I really really want to take a step back here <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and just being like okay like we really like to yeah like we really like to talk about like being being friends with everyone regardless of where where they come from or who they are or who they uh who they say they are or whatever like or what they've done you know like the we really like to tout that right as like American christian america and then when push comes to shove it's like well we're not called to really be like friendly we're called to love right and like that looks so starkly different than what i think a lot of people communicate also while we're on the subject like people really like to talk about jesus going in and cleansing the temple and flipping tables but like we never talk about the verse where he he refers to money and says like give to caesar what belongs to caesar like and it's just so funny watching like i think christians freak out about yeah like businesses who are doing secular things it's like guess what they haven't been a christian company like they, they have never been a Christian company. Why, why also, does why is this...
0: companies don't have souls? Like, I think that's
1: part of it. <laughs> exactly. <too. laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's like, why is this like the straw that broke the camel's back? You know, right. like, yeah. Um, so I think that really opened my mind to be like, okay, like, I think we've, I think we've strayed a, a little far from the intended purpose of, of the Bible and, and what this is about. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Frustrating. Man.
0: What did your faith look like growing wise from like freshman year of college to moving into Arizona and transitioning to that? Like, how did, how did you continue to grow at that time?
1: Um, moving to Arizona was really, really good for me and really difficult at the same time. Um, it was the first time I had ever really truly left like what was a hundred percent familiar to me and um like I knew the people I was moving in with relatively well so that wasn't really an issue um but it was definitely an adjustment living I mean I was I had no relatives west of the Rockies so like I was very and most of them being in the Midwest and the South so like I was very very much just kind of out there on my own um and honestly like that surfaced a lot of things that I didn't anticipate um one of those things being depression and I don't I don't think I realized I was as depressed as I was um until I look back on it now um kind of being on the other side of it and being like oh like that's what that was I'd go home and I'd kind of fall asleep in a trance on the couch for hours mm. until the evening and then my roommates would just, like kick me out so I would go to, you know actual bed and sleep like wait this isn't a healthy habit like that wasn't a healthy <laughs> habit you know like yeah um just kind of like oh, oh yeah that awakening um now but I mean it was a really growing for me because I I learned to um come into my own just as a person and um an individual in society and um at the time I was kind of working towards enlisting in the Coast Guard like excited for the future excited for something um a career that uh, I saw as a little more purposeful than what I had been pursuing um at the time for me personally and then yeah, just like again, like yeah, having to work through the loneliness and stuff of living across the country um, was really, really good for me. And then really, really trying on my faith, but then also um, was also the place where I think I experienced um, what it means to really be a church family um, for the first time in like a really intimate level, um, and that was like eye opening for me. Um, just having like a family you know, like, I'd, I'd go to the community group on Thursdays or whatever, but I wouldn't just do that and then see them on Sunday, like, I'd go, I'd watch their kids while they would go out on a date, and then, like, they'd come home and make dinner, and i could hang out with them and watch a movie afterwards, and um, I'd meet them in town sometimes for, for different meals or random things throughout the week, um, and just, like, learning what, like, true vulnerable christian community is like um after you kind of tear those walls down and invite people into your home and then and a a lot of it was wasn't me doing that right it was like it was them opening up their home to me regardless of the state that it was in Um, which was also really cool because growing up it was like people are coming over hide everything in boxes and pretend like we're not like we're a put together family um
0: we had like so one that room just, where we'd just like shove everything yeah. in
1: <laughs> and then you're giving it to the home and you're like oh that oh no we don't, don't go open that there. <laughs> um, so it was cool it was cool to, to have a family that was like yeah like we're a mess sometimes and that's okay because mm-hmm. that's that's life and that's what being human is and um mm-hmm. and like then also yeah like having the conversation um with that and like being, just being a part of that was just really really cool um and it's something i'm excited to kind of do again um when i get settled um outside of the coast guard so yeah it's that was a really growing time for me um and then again kind of going through similar senses of of lack of roots and and loneliness um as i've joined the coast guard um uh, and then also seeing a therapist. <laughs> Quick plug <laughs> for that. You don't um, go to therapy.
0: Please do. <laughs> oh, um,
1: sweet. yeah, this is not a sponsored ad, no, no, Uh, but yeah, no, no, that was good. Um, that was really so good for glad. me, and I learned is that a lot. When you really and...
0: realized you had depression, or did you realize
1: you have depression and then saw a therapist? Um, yeah, I mean, I. I thought I just had depression and then I went and saw a therapist and it just kind of like, we started to really dig into my past. Um, and we're able to kind of uproot some things from my upbringing um, that I think were causes of like shame and um, yeah, just just unhealthy patterns of thinking. Um, and it was just really beneficial. It's really, really helpful for me just to talk to someone and be like, Hey, like,
0: am I crazy
1: or did the world I grew up in kind of mess me up a little bit <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like, <laughs> um, so it, it's nice to hear some of that from a professional be like no like you're not crazy like any normal person who went through that would probably be feeling the same way you are it's like oh okay cool <laughs> yeah um no, I totally agree.
0: yeah <laughs> I'm so, so thankful you can... for my therapist because she's like I'll be like no this is how it was and she'll be like um Olivia that's not how like children like that's not a responsibility like children should feel or have like that's yeah. for like grown-ups and I was like oh yeah no wonder I felt like an adult my whole life and she's like yeah I think we can explore that more <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay yeah, yeah that fair. I mean
1: and honestly therapy was the reason why I was like I, I grew up in a cult I'm okay with calling it that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've reached the yeah. point of being like no we're gonna we're gonna call it at face value and I think like and I, that might sound really harsh to some people because, from the outside, you know, like as far as like if you were to look at their statement of faith, all in all, you know, they believe in like the things you're supposed to believe in as like a like vetted church, right, in America. But like, yeah. I think really like when you when you look at it, it's like, well, Jesus actually dealt har- harsher with the Pharisees and the people who were who were kind of um you know, framing themselves to be Christians and be people who were following God, um, then he dealt with with the sinners. You know, he he loved the broken people and um and I don't see why we should stray from that pattern now. Um but yeah it was just just interesting. Like yep, I can acknowledge that now. <laughs> and it's a healthy thing to do. <laughs> like, wow.
0: I'm I'm glad you're able to acknowledge it. That's the first time I've heard anyone acknowledge um, that like sect of Christianity as a cult. I like can totally see how it would be though. I I get you.
1: It's just yeah. And again, like I said, like I am more than prepared to defend that claim. <laughs> um, I won't get into it on yeah. this podcast because yeah. I don't think it's necessarily that season
0: two. But we're kidding.
1: yeah. <laughs> But but I am I'm more than ready. <laughs> Should I anyone admire be the too confidence. <laughs> right. Oh man. Oh, so man. on this
0: podcast, a lot of people kind of go with like, hey, here are these values that I have. I think that they like and I very much love Jesus and I love God and I follow the Bible, but I can't identify as a Christian because of like all the negative shit that's going on in so-called Christianity, especially yeah. in America, how have you come to like confidently still say that you are a Christian? And like, how, how do you kind of navigate differentiating yourself from the cults or the unhealthy, um, very legalistic pieces of it?
1: Um, I think, I think for me, um realizing that we view Christianity in a really unique way in America um helped me I guess to like still acknowledge myself as a Christian like the word Christian transcends American culture and English mm. even, right like yeah. Christians are all across the world right and and that's something that like I mean yeah like I absolutely like unequivocally want to be a part of um with that though yeah acknowledging that like our culture and the way that we kind of have gone about it and the way that like people who claim to be christian have held on or even 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 christians who are misguided have like held on to this country as a way of like trying to create this this or protect the morality of its citizens like I think they've done way more damage. And so, um, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think, like I said, I think like realizing that the word Christian is a broader scope than necessarily America, because it's a really easy really easy trap to kind of fall into, um, to have that kind of American perspective of like, we are the center of attention in the world. It's like, no, we're not. Like, there's a lot going on outside. Um, and just because Christian means something here in this culture, um, and right now in our culture has a more negative connotation to it doesn't mean that we should throw it out. Um, okay. I think that we should just fight to, um, to represent Christ well in our lives and love people well. Um, and, uh, yeah, call out, call out those that are not doing it. Um, cause it's
0: not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How have you found community in that perspective in your adult years?
1: Um, more often than not, um, I have a Christian friends who agree with me, which is really comforting. Um, not necessarily on every facet of politics, and I don't think that anyone has to or should. But, uh, I think I've been a part of a healthy church community, and I've seen healthy churches. Um less so in the last five years living in small towns across America. Um, But uh, I I know that they exist and I know that um, they're out there and I want to be a part of them again. Um, So I think that has kind of kept me going in a sense of like, I'm not going to compromise and I'm not going to just stay stagnant if like you know what I'm current where I'm currently living or what I'm currently doing isn't isn't working um to pursue that so yeah I think the last five years community has been really interesting for me in the Coast Guard because I've moved a lot um and I've bounced around and again yeah just the churches in in rural Oregon or New Jersey or whatever are just very um like can be a little small minded, I guess, sometimes, um, in the way that they, they talk about certain things. Um, so it's been, been interesting, but I think just the fact that I've been a part of a healthy community has let me hold on.
0: Yeah. It can give you some hope for being part of that in the future. Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I would hope that because things are so extremely polarized right now, you could probably figure it out maybe a little bit faster than you could at other times of, like, how healthy something is.
1: Yeah, it, it has definitely made that very, very apparent, especially here. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> especially here. People, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been interesting um, to see where people's priorities sit. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely makes it easy easy to vet out churches and um and just see, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna make a statement on everyone's level, you know, of faith and whether or not they are Christian. But I will definitely make a statement on, on whether or not their community is healthy. And, yeah. um, yeah, just it's easier to see that, um, now more than ever for sure. Yeah.
0: So you very confidently <laughs> use the word Christian. What does being a Christian mean to you right now? where you're at in present day life?
1: I have given my life to Christ and um, with that, like with the ups and downs and the loneliness and the moving, um, I think I've really learned that like, it is, it is a very personal thing. um, And, you know, whatever, whatever you believe, whatever, you know, your listeners believe like a part of it is the Trinity. And um, I think having, the Holy spirit, not to use like Christianese, but yeah, like having that and having him with me and like seeing God in parts that like of the world and um, culture and life that like you wouldn't necessarily expect to find him because I'm not necessarily active in a church right now um, has showed me. Yeah. That like, I mean, to be a Christian is, is to repent um, of our brokenness and admit that we are nothing without God and then strive to love God and love others, um, with, with all that we can. Um, and I think that that's, that's what it's all boiled down to. So.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. You've definitely come a long way from little Ben Loy and his cult (laughs) back in the day. (laughs) Um. So it's really fun to see that. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I did not know you were in a cult growing up. So that's <laughs> really great to talk about. But I'd love to hear, um, what you're most thankful to leave behind from from your. I, I mean, I guess the way you speak about it, like your pre-Christian days in a Christian community.
1: Yeah, the thing um, I am I'm I'm happiest to leave behind there is just um seeing God as. Someone to be uh afraid of as like kind of a a punisher and um to be locked into these like yeah these weird rules and traditions that that aren't even necessarily biblical um is yeah that was that was definitely what i was happiest to leave then um at the time but yeah it's like since since kind of like deconstructing things and and looking at, looking at my faith with a critical eye. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm happy to, to see and really understand on a personal level, like what it means to be, what does it mean to be a Christian? Right. And like, obviously I fail every day at living that out, but <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, that's what I know. So. Yeah. Um,
0: and you can wear jeans and that's also. Exactly.
1: Cool. <laughs> I can wear jeans. I can wear jeans. I can wear jeans with fades on them you know
0: wow. <laughs> wild! you really got off the rails man I can't <laughs> uh, is there anything that you miss
1: oh man nothing that I miss about that <laughs> I'll be completely honest uh I mean you know there's the nostalgia of, of the things that you miss growing up and being a kid and um the level of of innocence that comes with that but like I don't know I'm I'm very very uh happy to be where I am right now in life um which is a hard thing to say during a pandemic um but yeah yeah <laughs> I don't look I mean, back very you often You just
0: like radiate like <laughs> energy and joy so much more than when I knew you in high school so it's really fun to see that on your face even through zoom um so I can totally see how that would be true What would you like to say to those who are worried about young people leaving the church?
1: I think primarily, um, it's an issue of, yeah, just Christian patriotism, like being intertwined with, uh, the church, you know, like, uh, and I think that being able to, when a church is able to helpfully, like, separate those things and be, be able to acknowledge that, yeah, like, you can come to this church and you can, ha- you can be on either side of the spectrum, as long as you acknowledge that neither of those things are really your identity, um, is, is when I think that young people will, will be more willing to engage um, mm. in that conversation, so I think, yeah, that's, that's
0: my opinion. Yeah, I think that's really fair. Wow. Well, this was so much fun. I feel like we could keep talking for a while. Um, I you totally have and- a
1: lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: I'm here for it. Um, and I really love your appreciation for history. I think that is such an extremely important piece of things that is often left out. Um, but yeah, learning from our past and that perspective. Um, and thinking of things from a more global perspective, I think is awesome. So I really appreciate the history lesson you gave us too, because that's helpful. But if you're ever in LA, please let me know. I'd love to hang out. I'll let you know if I'm ever in Arizona. Um, It'd be fun to see you in person, but I really appreciate you taking the time, because this was super fun to get to know you again.
1: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll let you know if I'm swinging through in the van this summer because yes. I'm headed that direction. So. <laughs>
0: good, I'm glad. Well, I love national parks, so if you ever need a buddy, let me know because it's the best. Um, cool. Yeah, okay, well, I will hopefully see you soon, and I'll talk to you again soon, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night.
1: Yeah, it was good talking to you. Have a good night.